0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Loose Threads Podcast. I'm your co-host, Julie Altavon on Instagram, and I'm here with my co-host, Alfie, at acalfi on Instagram. And I'm here with an excellent guest, a super amazing designer, really, like, needs to be more known, um, KPC Kelsey Peyton Crane. We are here. Uh, I'm a longtime fan of hers, and hopefully you'll all be new-time fans of hers after this, because she's great. Hello.
1: Hey, it's great to have you here.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So, um starting off, what exactly is your brand? I would I, I'll give a little synopsis and then you correct me on anything. Um to me, it seems like an amazing collaboration between the Americana like workwear, but it, it's the thing about it is that it was used for workwear and these things have actually seen like battlefield time as far as you know, being used as like beloved picnic blankets and things like that, that you turn into wearable art, uh, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's a great way to explain it. And especially through the eyes of someone else, that's how I, you know, also like to see it. But, so it's like an experiment with like kind of training, you know, consumers to be, to like shop with intention and uh, maybe a little bit of emotion. And Um, just like smart buying practices, you know, we're like in the age of like fashion Nova and like Shein and stuff like that. So, um,
0: let's
2: (laughs) let's train people to buy, you know, smarter and like with intention, like, you know, so that's what we're trying to do so far. So good. Um, I don't want to be like super huge household name, but that's my goal to like train people to that's how I shop, you know, and it's a pretty good way to shop. Like, I can always go into, like, my crawlspace space and find something new from, like, five years ago that I bought. But I know when I bought it and why I bought it. So, kind of yeah. what I want to do with everybody else, you know?
0: Is your method for buying clothing, like, how you said it's a bit emotional? Because we were speaking a little while ago, and uh, we had, like, a short meeting, and then you had something to go do. But um, it was nice to see you at, in person for, like, the first time after talking to you on Instagram for, like, years. And you were saying how, like, certain parts of your life are, like, defined by like, we're well not defined, but like they, it makes an impact. What you're wearing holds a lot of emotional sentiment. I'm just curious if you, if you feel that kind of way about uh, textiles and things you come across that you want to make something out of. And then it, when you do that, is it hard to let it go? Which I'm sure the answer is yes, but you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's um, for sure. I mean, I get emotionally attached to uh, textiles. You know, if I can't stop thinking about something, like I see something mm-hmm. and I can like tell what it's, when I see something, I know exactly what it's going to be, what I'm going to make it into right away. You know, like it, it speaks for itself. Like it tells me what it wants to be, you know? Um, and it's like, I've passed up so many things. And then I think about, you know, that I've seen in like small town, Georgia, wherever I like, I just got back from a trip actually through Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, my friend and I went sourcing for her job. And then also for my job as well. Um, and, you know, if I see something, I've learned that if I see something that, like, speaks to me in an emotional way, like, if it reminds me of something, if it could potentially remind somebody of something else, like, a life event in the future, then, you know, I'll pick it up. I'll get it. But there's been times, like, when I don't pick it up and I can't stop thinking about it. But then I've left this town in Mississippi. I'm never going back, you know?
0: I mean, so there's that. And then there's the part of me where it's, like, I'm going to call them and send them a label. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, like, a terrible... I'm like the worst. I know it's not the right way to be um, as far as that goes, because it's oh, like yeah. you, you kind of want to be in the moment when you get something. But at the same time, it's good to think on like I I'm, I'm way too I'm way too persistent. Like, I think I can speak for Alfie as well that we would probably like hunt down maybe, maybe like calling these people. <laughs> like we would be going on skype me personally i whenever there's another country that i have to call for something like a small boutique because i will like find it on their website basically like it has zero hits on google but it's on sale technically because they've had it for so long i'll like dial into skype with like the five dollars i purchased three years ago and i'll like Uh make a phone call and i'll be like like i'll do my damn best to like say stuff in other languages it's it's not great. Sometimes wow. I'll have a friend to help. It, or yeah, it's, <laughs> it, I've done that like once or twice for like adder air. Um, I like called it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like in in like Korean, and I'm like I, um, <laughs> I use like wow. a modulated voice. Oh, I was just like trying so hard. I don't know what I was doing. I forgot. It's been dude, a while. that's insane. I don't. I'm like <laughs> a. I'm like a PI, dude. You want something? You just. I'm like a bloodhound. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's over. It's gonna be found. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It I, I might be a little different than that, because uh, when we were talking, I was like, you know, I don't necessarily have the same connection. And it's kind of crazy for me to imagine, like, sometimes I can put together outfits like that, where I see something and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what would work. But I, when I'm making clothing, I think I have a lot more of, a, like, opportunity and options to change everything that it kind of gives me like this, like walking in front of an ice cream case and I can't pick a flavor feeling. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what do I do? There's too much to do. I want it to be perfect. But what is perfect? Really? (laughs) It just
2: get in your head about it so bad. It's Um, also the learning process, though, too, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you guys are pretty fresh and green in your fashion journey. So, you know, like, like, fresh fresh and fresh, but like, you know, if you figure things out. Then you like learn what's important, you know, kind of learn how to like narrow down certain things, I guess, in a way if that makes any sense. So there was yeah. this
0: thing called uh, Overly Honest Science, and it was like the color for the samples was chosen by which color was in reach of the scientists at the time. And I was like, that sounds like how I would approach clothing, where I'm like, this is really hard. We're just not going to do that one particular thing. We're going to move on. We're going to pick something. or pivoting. We're going to pick something else. Like, you know what I'm saying? Where I think yeah. if I had a hard time doing something, I would try to get used to it. But when I'm like, you know what? I understand it. I still don't like it. We're pivoting, like, straight up. But uh. Um, there are some details that I like sewing more than others, of course. Like you don't see me doing French seams out here. That's not a that's not my favorite thing to do. I prefer just your standard, <laughs> standard normal. But I mean, one thing about your clothing that I really enjoy is the construction. Um, you like turn that puppy inside out. There's twill tape. There's like every anatomically correct seam. There's like pleating. It, it, it's you know it. This is something that you can't necessarily get. This, you would get this from a couture brand, and you would pay a lot more because of the effort that goes. Like, think about the cost and time of man hours of you just sourcing things that you don't even necessarily maybe think to include in the price because you're like, well, I'm just doing it. I love this, so it's a uh, you know that that's something really important that I think I appreciate is not just your fabrics, but your construction and obviously your classical background. Um, well, if thank you want to add anything.
2: Yeah. Of no, I think that that's great, and like, um, you know, it's something that people like don't really. I don't know. It's like 50-50. Like people, I don't feel like value maybe the construction mm-hmm. and um, whether it they is don't know what students. to look for exactly. Like, I think I recently like did like a poll. I asked <laughs> customers like, do you care if the interior is surged or like, would you rather it be clean finished or you know, most of the pe- like half the people said like, I don't care. There were people that like literally responded that they'd rather it be surged and oh, i'm like oh this is rather great. yeah I mean, that's
0: that, yeah it's good it's
2: great but i mean that's great like then okay so i can make x amount of shirts a day right like, you know and if no one cares then why am i wasting my time but i when <laughs> i turn around and i'm like yeah. i care you know
1: it's one of the kind of hidden pains of fashion is that a lot of the things that take so much time and effort are just not going to be appreciated like having worked in um a small production and like in a small production studio i know how much effort goes into like sewing one buttonhole right yeah <laughs> like it takes fucking ages and yeah, a consumer will kind of look at it and just not even think about it it's only at the kind of the pinnacles of construction or, or detail like you know if you have really intricate lacework or embroidery or really incredible kind of construction like sort of comme de Garçons level then i think the average fashion consumer fashion fan will kind of look at that and be impressed but even the most basic things are really, really damn hard.
2: Oh, for sure. And I remember like when I was in fashion school, like going home for the summer, you know, for like a week or so and like shopping with my mom and it just bugged her, even when I was younger, bugged uh-huh. her like on like horizontal stripes, you know, like if the side yeah. scenes didn't match up or like wow. if the center front didn't match up or like that's amazing. vertical, horizontal, whatever. She just like, it would really irk her and bother her. Mm-hmm. And then like the further along I got in my schooling and whatever, I started to realize, even in like production, like, pattern-making, grading, cutting, it, that costs more because your wastage is more, you know? And yeah, um,
0: you're like biased. Uh, Anything
2: biased cut, you're, like, just waste. You're just
0: going through the fabric ridiculously large amounts of sure. the time. But
2: If you're doing, like, placement prints or just to match up any kind of stripe, any kind of, like, pattern or, you know, print, whether it mm-hmm. be woven in the textile or printed on top, like, if you need, if you're going for, like, a seamless, I love not being able to see seams, right? I want stuff. Mm -hmm. I like asymmetry, but like in order to like kind of match it up or make it make sense visually and like symmetrical, then that's going to, you're going to come across wastage and like that's going to cost more because then you need more fabric, you know? So it's like these little things that people don't realize. And I don't know, I think that it's important. And so, like I said earlier, I'm trying to, I'm I'm trying to train my customer to, you know, kind of value those things. And so Mm -hmm. far so good. And I think Absolutely. that not that like my customer is dumb, you know, but I've, I have well, repeat no one's customers like made to like, know these
0: things from a young age at all. Like the way you were and like, just having any of that knowledge is
2: significant. But it's like, it's really cool. Like I have several repeat customers that I've, I, I know the first piece they bought. Also, <laughs> I I can tell you what everyone's purchased before, which is crazy. <laughs> um, But, like, seeing the first thing they ever bought for me and then now seeing what they're getting, like, they're not shy with, like, Oregon D and, like, sheer. They're not shy, you know, with, like, like, traditional kind of silhouette and, like, something kind of crazy or, you know. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to see these people evolve and, like, get more comfortable and, like, see what they value. And maybe they didn't value and it was, like, initially the first purchase was for, like, a photo or for a statement or a reaction right. from their friends and now they're just kind of like incorporating it in like everyday life which is i don't know it's rewarding for me it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there for sure and so it's like cool
1: uh, yeah i mean people definitely people definitely develop that kind of taste and that kind of awareness of what makes a garment great i mean even now i'll see sort of you know industry especially people who are involved in production they can kind of look at a shirt from like you know relatively high fashion brand and tell me it's like specific stitches that make it so well constructed and just a cut above the rest which are, are sort of almost imperceptible to the average consumer like it is it is a, it is a learning process of kind of appreciating value and the skill and time and effort that goes into all of these things
0: for sure something super important that i i would like to mention um is that when i was making my first tailored princess seam jacket it took me the entire semester of course we did a lot <laughs> of hand sewing yeah you could you already know in your head what that looks like so we did a uh, the collar stitch. Uh we did like an under collar with horsehair mm-hmm. and we had to hand sew that whole thing yeah. with that. But but what's important is that you don't see it in the end. Uh-huh. Like and that's that's what people don't understand is that like all this stuff is like you think you could see it if you like really look at it. No, it's in there and you'll never see it and you'll never know exactly. You just don't know what you don't know. You you don't know that there's a whole like stiff part in there that that you won't be able to tell it's in there that's doing an incredibly important job that like blends mm. right in and it and it makes these seams well, and silhouettes and, and stuff that you would never
2: and it's have it's in functioned. any other way and it's like complete function it's so funny that you mentioned that and i love hearing that because just a background for i guess anyone that's listening i'm you know uh classically trained bespoke tailor. i was an apprentice for years making suits and stuff and that's in like PTSD. and that <laughs> is like uh not like the anti-fashion, just because the silhouettes are so classic, right? But the thing that I think I even like told my husband this like back when we first started dating, it's like, you don't, do you know what's inside of this suit jacket? Like in the front, like, do you know, like, it's literally a layer of like horse hair, you know, a canvas, right? Everything is based on hand basted. Like, there's like a whole layer in there that you don't know exists, but you have to hand baste it. You don't see the work that goes into it, but it's for a purpose. It serves a purpose. And sometimes I get down on myself because it's like, am I making just like boring garments and just using somebody else's oh. textile to make it like exciting and fun? And I'm like, no, because no. like, you know, I'm not out here doing like insane conceptual crazy stuff. A, that doesn't sell. Um, you know, hey, I, would, you want to be- <laughs> I would like a profit, but B, that's what school's for. And honestly, like, that's the only time I think that you freely get the chance to design, make conceptual collections, whether croquis if you have to sew it sure But that's the time to just go crazy and experiment and like and then you got it turns out you got to get your first job at some point and you know that's never like pretty (laughs) no i mean although
0: i do think that maybe i have a a possibly hopefully a leg up i mean the the people that the school i switched to they're like yeah we should probably get you placed somewhere like anywhere you and and i say like oh if i succeed one day and they're like don't say if like i promise it'll do you a lot better than that and i'm like okay so i'm i because my initial school made me feel like it was a big if i had one internship and if that didn't go well that was it and i don't think that's good i think your school should champion like a lot of different um, skill levels. Like this, this other school has a actual contest for people who just started, where that you can submit a conceptual drawing and get actual like kudos and things to put on your resume from a really early sure. like time. Which I appreciate because my other school didn't. Like I just don't think they had the resources for it. But that's okay. You know, we live, we learn, we move on. But what's important is that um, we always mention this. I mean, me and Alfie, of course, I'm sure you feel very similarly. Is that designers should know how to sew things and because otherwise you don't really know what details to ask for and the people sewing it don't want to add all that randomly all because like there i don't you know if i can get paid to not add it i would simply just not add it because that sounds like a whole lot of extra money and time that i have to dedicate to something that the designer doesn't even necessarily care for or know they want so that's what makes scaparelli and and all these other like conceptually but well classically trained like to me scaparelli does tailoring very well, and uh, it's very clean. And it's something I, I just because it seems like he's an old head who knows absolutely exactly what to, um, D- Daniel Roseberry, right? He knows exactly what to do as far as those details when he's adding something very crazy and ornate, but he's mixing together these uh, very obviously, like, old-school techniques that, because his stuff is so, like, one-of-one, one, you know, They'll, you see it only in the the most uh elusive of circumstances like uh iris van Herpen stuff
2: yeah well you're um, also he's like you're also carrying on a legacy you know like talk about the that, early exactly. days like you have to like she was fantastic you know so it's like you have to but i agree with that so incredibly much like fashion has just become some sort of like more like let me take a i'm gonna wear this and take a photo in this outfit and i'm gonna toss it and i'm gonna wear it again like whatever um Ugh. but <laughs> But I think that's very important because I'm not going to say which job it was, but a recent job that I had, uh-huh. you know, like um, I worked for a, des- uh, my, the CEO was a, you know, quote unquote, designer and all this stuff, but she didn't go to fashion school. I don't think she really knew how to uh, make patterns, put things together. And it's really important to know those kind of things because then, you know, like you were saying, you know, exactly like you can, like, you know, she would like draw things for me and be like, okay, make, make this tech pack right and I'm like how do you get into it you know like where's like you know where's exactly where's that where's the closure like do as it decides it like you have to know (laughs) or just have a basic knowledge in clothing construction in order to be a designer I think because that just elevates your opportunities and like what you can do if you don't know and you're just like here's a dress and I'm like okay there's a disconnect then between you and your team that you can't communicate and you don't know how And, like, whether that's, like, taking clothes apart, if you don't have the opportunity to go to school, you know, like, learning that way and just seeing, like, the pattern pieces, how things are put together, it gives you, like, a leg up and more creative freedom if you understand how things are put together, you know?
1: I think one of the issues is that a lot of students, um, both kind of, like, actual, like, fashion students, but also kind of, I want to say, like, amateur people getting into fashion design, obviously they're looking at, like, the greatest of all time, like, they're looking at the crazy construction of you know, Com and Yoji and people like that. And they're thinking like, damn, I want to replicate that. Like, I've I've seen this amazing Lee McQueen dress in the runway. I want to make stuff like that. And they don't realize that to get to that stage, you need to be exceptionally talented in the fundamentals. And the honest truth is for a lot of people, a lot of students who are kind of engaging with that very conceptual, kind of high fashion stuff, avant-garde stuff, basics are kind of boring but the basics are so necessary it's <laughs> yeah. the same with any skill it's yeah. the same with like learning to play guitar before you can absolutely shred you're gonna have to learn the most basic boring slow things. um i can't remember who it was but there was a, a a fashion youtuber a fashion commentator who said before you jump into pattern magic which is like an amazing amazing mm-hmm. book for very avant-garde construction i'm sure you know it."
2: we had that yeah i mean i i've in that in college yeah
1: yeah, it's. I mean, I've looked through it, and it's incredible. But he said, like, um, before you d- dive into that, make sure that you can go to your dad, take his measurements, and make him a fitting suit. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. That's an amazing like thing to point out because, like, I yeah, I I definitely didn't want to make a bustier, but like I did, and we made one from scratch. We made my own like custom design and everything that I had to draft, uh, drape and sew, and all these things. So yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but it does. Uh, like it, it. People seem pretty impressed by it. The people who knew what to look for in the construction, and I, I really appreciated that because honestly, sometimes you don't even really know what you're learning till you've already learned it at the end. Like everything's just kind of confusing, and then now you know what you know. And it's like it, it's uh kind of like a fog. But I think it's it's easier when you know the more you do something, the the less foggy the image becomes. Um, and speaking of drafting and draping, uh, I know you probably draft because you. You know, you do your patterns and you have to make sure they're very exact when you're cutting on a limited amount of fabric like what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but
2: how how often do you do draping and do you enjoy draping? I don't. Uh, I don't drape. I mean, I really like it. I think it's easier. It's a lot easier, mm-hmm. you know, because you have a 3D form that you can just, like, pin fabric to and then draw your lines. Yeah. And, like, you yeah. know. Uh, flat patterning is definitely math it's a lot of math sometimes the math is mathing sometimes it's not like it took me right that's what I'm saying it took me what did I do last week I just like tried I really had this idea of this like closure center front closure I wanted to do for a men's shirt it's like half camp shirt but half pullover you know like a polo style but like a wider placket like we're talking two and a half inches wide because I wanted to open and look like a camp shirt but it just but i wanted it to not go that like down all the way you know it took me like 8 mm-hmm. hours and three oh. muslins in order to figure out how i could perfectly do this and make oh. it look good but that was just math it was straight up math and like i'm like okay well that math didn't work so let me try this math and then that one but i kept drawing on my muslins and figuring out you know if i had been able to you know also i feel like draping depending on the silhouettes you're making doesn't really serve me mm-hmm. well i can put you know something on a form and then make changes, it's
0: not so uh like form fitting,
2: yeah, necessarily. Not, not really, but then you know, like if I put my shirt on a form and then it's like uh the shoulder seems too long, I still have to go to my pattern, you know, oh, and then yeah, and edit it, slice it here, move it over, move you know, and then adjust the armhole. So it's for me, it's all flat, I do everything flat, but cool, draping's fun, like give me like a Woman's form and like you know like it seems kind yeah, of that like makes- you can do the possibilities are endless you know so with the
0: sewing machine and the form yeah I still need to get myself a form I'm trying to make a tank top right now and I'm doing uh I wanted it to be like seamless at the top so like it's literally just like a tunic that you sew at the sides yeah because then it would be and I really like it that way and I want to sell it at my store but I know they pro- people probably won't know so what I was thinking of doing is like folding over the the stitch like the sides of the the raw fabric and then stitching it a half inch and then flipping it inside out because i want the and i want to sew the seams flat so that you have basically like a a seam and then on the outside yeah i I prefer to make things out of one piece because then it's like it's easier to me like sense wise to make something out of one long piece of fabric and I think it shows like a lot of commitment to the idea, and that like you had—that's something you have to think up beforehand that you can't just go into blindly. And like me, I, I'm like brand new to all this pattern making stuff, especially compared to someone who makes this every day for like a living. <laughs> uh, but I do get to analyze a lot of clothing at my store, which I really like to see, and, and I get ideas from that. And um, I've definitely been paying a lot more to the con- uh, attention to the construction than I was in the past. Like um, our legacy and ymc has some pretty nice construction as far as i can tell um and then i'll see some other brands that are made cheaper and i see that they're a little more sloppy or that their lapels have stitches on them and i'm like why are there stitches on this lapel you shouldn't be able to see the stitches it's a lapel yeah you you could can- inside but all right like it kind of was just like well that's what they did that's what they chose to do you went with that huh so it's it's interesting it kind of makes you it makes you want to back away from things that aren't made so well because you're like well what else is going on in there that I can't see like geez but um yeah you know that's how I feel about that uh what am I gonna see hey this
2: is pretty awesome like having like a construction like like literally like a technical pod. You know, I feel like a lot of people yeah. don't talk about this kind of thing. People just talk about like, you know, oh, what do you think how about how it looks? Yeah, 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 <laughs> how it looks. And I like this episode. You know, it's like we're talking about like how to how do we get there? <laughs> and right, of course, you, can, you, you, know, you have to know it's important. We're educa- I mean, um, feeling things out. It's good.
0: I mean I want to pass along what I know and I think that you do too and I also think it's important to like it's very sens- sensible to me that we're mentioning this like because your whole brand is about deconstructing what it means you know to to consume and and to enjoy and like also you're you're wearing something that a whole family ate their dinner on you know like mm-hmm. imagine the love and the energy just imbued in that like textile I mean like so I have a a quilted jacket from um 1884 I believe and it's like this little girl on there's the creepiest funny. Everything about that lady. is creepy. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I saw it and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this thing's going to end up strangling me in the middle of the night. And I got to buy it. <laughs> like, like, literally, that's that's exactly my reaction to it. Dude, That I like the crane, though. And it, it was very funny because it's your last name. And I'm like, oh, I got that's That's funny. I got it. But you didn't. But you didn't make that. It was just. It was just there. So that's what's kind of creepy. Is like. It's like it has like your. It, like that's. It's very symbolic. Like I'm the weird little girl. You're the crane. <laughs> yeah. It's, like it's just our family tapestry.
2: For <laughs> sure. oh, that's
0: hilarious. Um, and uh, I guess I wanted to say. Oh crap! I had such an interesting. Oh yeah. Um, pop quiz. How many things did I get from you?
2: Um, the jacket. Then you have my favorite set ever that more the more set because i really liked that i love it oh my oh, gosh I when i put it on i was like oh this is so cute i know i'm gonna choose, i'm gonna wear this with and i was like no one's ever gonna I can't buy believe this
0: it was on sale or something i saw that because i don't know i found your stuff on tumblr somehow and then i was like i looked you up and i'm like jesus christ this is amazing and then i and then i bought <laughs> it because i'm like this is it's it's so good Um, And I wear it, and every time I wear anything, either if it's just the pants or the shirt or both together, people give me compliments because I think it's the yellow, and I think it's just, like, they're like, did you add that little pocket square? And I'm like, no, my friend added it. (laughs)
2: Like, in the yellow and the pink, but, like, I love that because it's like, what was that used for? Like, because I think it was was a table covering, but... uh, Yeah, what else could it be? But It's, like, like made of spill-resistant. Well, it's it's moiré fabric, and so... I'm just like what was that like was it used for like an easter like brunch right or was it was it used once and was it used for a significant event you know and like yeah. the kids who were at this party that are probably like 60 years old today like yeah. do they remember that tablecloth cuz you know like my mom will be like like we'll see something if we're out and about or like at a, like antique store together and she'd be like oh my gosh you know great mommy used to have this and she remembers that kind of thing and like several of my pieces when I do like in person sales or anything like that I'll have like older you know older people that were around in like the 60s and they'll be like they'll see something and they'll be like oh my gosh my grandmother had this coverlet exact same you know I remember it was it exact same no but it made that made her feel a certain way yeah and it was like that's like just really cool and that's the emotion back to full circle that's like the kind of emotional buying or feeling that i'm trying to like you know train or help people consumers like kind of realize you know
1: one thing i was just wondering is kind of because obviously the way that you source these fabrics does seem incredible like literally as judy said you know some of these things are things that families have eaten their dinners off for decades but are you ever buying kind of rolls of deadstock fabric or are you really kind of just using kind of found objects to create one of one pieces or are you occasionally reusing the same material from the same roll or or anything like that?
2: I am if I come across like it has to be super special like deadstock like I came across this amazing two inch wide striped denim like indigo like essentially naked raw denim color and undyed but like indigo stripes and like there was this one, you know, I got it from this woman and it's like, I bought, I only bought four yards of it. Right. I loved it. And I was like, I'm just going to make one jacket with it. And then I got that done. And then I was kind of like, oh crap, like, this is really, really good. I want to make more. And I'm like, oh, you know, there was like nine more yards and I'm like, oh, I have to go get it. What if it's not there? What if it's not there? So like the next day, like hurt, like I rushed over there, you know, these kind of estate sales and whatever are only open for like three days, you know? Yeah. So I'm amazing. like, estate. <clears throat> I like slept on it. And then on the next day, my husband, you know, my husband's like, why didn't you get more? You should I always tell you, you should have gotten more. You should have bought the whole bolt, you know? So I rushed over there and I got the rest of it and it's sitting here. Um, but anything dead stock for sure. I don't think people have that same kind of emotional connection to a dead stock, you know? Well, they can't see the potential, supposedly. Like I was just in, like I said, I went on this road trip and, you know, I was in Hattiesburg, Mississippi um, uh, two days ago and going through this woman's warehouse, warehouses like when i say you would not believe wow. you would not believe she just collects cords vintage clothing um and i was with my friend who works she's a costumer for a major tv show so that was her job but i'm going around and like um i did find like cuttings they're printed you know they're prints from like i don't know the 70s 60s and i yeah. love them but i think that it doesn't read as people like the embroidery people like the hand appliqué <laughs> people like you know the crochet people like Handiwork, I guess, uh, hand stitching. Whether it is, and so I love, I love a dead stock fabric for sure. But I just don't think that people, like I got this French ticking stripe from 1900 um, at an antique show two weeks ago. I think it's absolutely gorgeous. But if I photograph it, and unless you touch it and feel it, it could just look like a J Crew shirt, you know. No one, oh. you know, and like of course they believe me. It's because it is from 1900. It is French ticking. But like, you know, I think just like surface it just reads as unless you're have historical knowledge and like uh, weaving and stuff like that it just wouldn't really understand so I like that it goes along with my kind of um, motto or you know my what I'm striving for as far as sustainability Mm -hmm. full circle but like I just don't think my consumer is there yet to understand dead stock you know yeah, I don't think so because yeah. I
1: feel like I see a lot of brands in this kind of space really not harping on, but really making a point of the fact that hey, we're using this really old deadstock fabric. Like for example, if you know By Walid in London, absolutely okay. incredible designer who uses 18th century, even sometimes like 17th century deadstock fabrics.
2: Yeah,
0: how do you even? I'm I'm so jealous. I just have such a. Air jealousy from hearing that. Oh my God, my ears are burning. I want to go look at it. I wanna see it. I I I couldn't even imagine the velvet and the hand loom things that are no longer
2: hand loomable and all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's crazy. I and I that's like insane. And like to keep those textiles like usable in this like day no age is insane because like I bought this vintage dress when I on my trip and I took the skirt. Like, I separated the bodice from the skirt, so I made it, like, mm-hmm. a two-piece. And I was so bummed when I was, like, working on the top. Um, it was It's 100% silk, but there was, and it's from, like, the early 80s, but, like, the dry rot that occurred in, like, the armpit. Yeah. So I was, like, oh, wow. seam-ripping. And then it just started, like, like clean, fresh, straight-line hairline tear, hair right, like, in the armpit. And I'm, like... <gasps> No, so just imagine the level of preservation that goes into keeping a fabric from the 17th century, whatever 18th, 19th, I don't, whatever, you know, whatever you said. Yeah, uh, like even, when, even 20, 30 years, like usable because my 35 year old or 45 year old uh, vintage dress I got just completely ripped, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I'm also trying to teach people to take care of their clothes. That's a good point, though, so, you know. Like, Mentioning the age of stuff because you have to take care of it or it won't last.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think um I tell people about leather basic leather care and they look at me like I'm growing three heads. And I'm like, dude, yeah, you need mink oil. They're like, what's mink oil? I'm like, I don't know, write it down, look it up. It's important, <laughs> it's good for the shoes. It keeps it in Florida, you know, there's a lot of leather stuff that you need to be paying attention to. It's very moist here. You gotta put beeswax on it, you have to condition it, you have to like not all the time, but just you know, whenever you, if you haven't worn them in a while, wow! Before you put them back, just take a little pad and put that some of that on there, and there you go. It Takes five minutes, not even. And then, um, what's really interesting about earlier, I want to mention, um, the ERL quilt, all these things. Yeah. Like, do these people remember yes. that? I, it- totally hit a vibe with me because the thing is this guy, uh, I, who was it who wore it? The, the uh, Rocky. It gentleman. was ASAP Rocky. Rocky. A$AP Rocky. Okay, I just didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah. But yeah, ASAP Rocky wore it on the red carpet. Yep. Uh, either way, he wore it. The Met,
2: Gala.
0: Met, Met Gala. Yeah, the, it was like the biggest thing. And so what was crazy is the person who owned it contacted him back later and was like or contacted um erl but one of the two and they were like hey like we donated that to goodwill and then i was gonna like i was actually kind of mad i'm like why did you donate your grandmother's quilt to goodwill but i was like why did you donate the quilt you could have like maybe put it in one of those vacuum seal bags or anything I and mean, why did you get rid of gam gam's quilt man <laughs> like well, i'm glad he has it but like that's someone made that like that was a handmade uh-huh. you can just look at it no, uh, but maybe maybe she maybe maybe <laughs> they didn't want it. Maybe they didn't want it anymore. They were like, oh, we don't we don't like Gam Gam. She wasn't that great. And but still, how do you just can you donate that? That's ridiculous. I couldn't.
1: It's insane.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about Sakai? Uh my boss brought it up the other day and, and uh I was like, what happened to Sakai? So that's I I really enjoy their stuff. Like the last love. I remember is is their like military combination love. of like Right. Who doesn't love Sakai? Oh, Would you ever do anything like that? Like, not necessarily super. I'm not saying the same. I'm just saying you can combine. I I don't know if you think your consumer's ready for it, but I I think if you wanted to do something more avant garde, I mean, you know, you have a customer right here, so you just make it my size, and I mean, close to my closest to my size, and you might, you know, like I like when you have fun with things. Honestly, (laughs) like when I can see your your personal style and things like something you're excited about it's different than just a shirt like you were like I wanted oh, to make this sure. like the doll's clothes was so cool I actually can't I didn't have enough money at the time and I'm really sad um I didn't get any you don't happen to have any left over, do you like for you to oh make it. yeah
2: I've got tons Whoa. of I've got tons of clothes you know like I thought that that was going to be a really fun experiment and like but I mean, the thing is, also with that, like I had this. I always have these like insane ideas, and it's like, well, will will people understand? Will they get that? So I just made, I I sewed um, miniature versions of things that I had made, but in Barbie and pin That's size. All- oh wow! And and everything was in all white, so it was just a white shirt with white pants. A white camp shirt shorts a white like collarless jacket and everything was you could put you could put a doll in it like a pin doll in it um but you know what you think that sewing regular people like size clothing is hard sewing an armhole like a sleeve size recorder barbie like it's constructed in the same order as like people clothes and it was a freaking nightmare i went into it like, this is going to be so fun. This is a great idea. And then, like, I think I was, like, cursing myself, like, like, after, like, the first death and comes, destruction,
0: like, death and destruction.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I'm too far into this. Like, I can't not finish. But, you know, somebody picked it up really quick.
0: Someone right. Camera, oh, my God. You know? That's amazing. I'm, I know. I'm, I I really was too late to the gun on that. What's really cool is that you guys probably knew this already, um, but if not, this is a really awesome fact, is that uh, Mason Margiela grew up sewing doll's clothes in his either his mom's or grandmother's yes. tailor shop because he was like so bored he's like well and that's why a lot of his clothing looks like doll proportions because yeah. they like uh, because it's constructed that way exactly and i that that was so ahead of his time especially like anytime bigger silhouette comes back that's the first thing i would do as a designer i would start making things in dolls proportions because that to me that's what i'm looking for in a oversized garment is to look like very like weird and stiff and like to yeah. me I, I love that that's that's what i want in a shirt and i don't you know i want to i'll pay the right person especially if it's a fabric i enjoy it that's one thing that does suck is that i can't feel the fabric and um and one last thing is that those dolls clothes that you made is very smart because if you only have a little bit of that fabric left what are you going to do with it it's so amazing i mean that's like zero waste i mean as little waste as you possibly physically can make at that point
2: you're gonna then you like you're just like yeah i'm gonna grade this like human pattern down to like um someone that's got like a five inch chest you know what i mean like it's just math right you said (laughs) so it's just like math (laughs) math but small but yeah it's like using algebra right like 30 inches like divided by x equals okay ken's chest is what he's like probably like two and a half inches you know (laughs) Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's in men's negative 10.
2: (laughs) so it's like you know i mean yeah. big props. Even in school, I remember we y'all like have. I don't know if this is just so outdated, but like we had the opportunity no. to like use like the quarter size dress forms. You know, like it's more of like. Oh no!
0: Oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my school has some of those, and I saw them, but they mostly just drape things on it and yeah. it, and then put it in the window. But it's cool. Yeah, like so, they still use them.
2: Yeah, we did that. Like we had to get one of those. It's basically like maybe more of like American Girl doll size, yeah. you know. Um, but that was like what we were doing, I guess it's so you just didn't spend all this time making, you know, certain seams that would, you know, like you could do it in smaller smaller but that was I for, totally forgot about those like quarter size dress ones I
0: mean that's a classic thing right they, <laughs> back in Victorian era days when they were showing off new suit styles for men they would put those in the I forget what they're called but my, my, my tailor has them in the window and he has little keen yeah. <laughs> dresses on them yeah that's, that's a very common and still practiced thing today I still see it especially because it's like a heritage thing but Victorian era they would make these like little lords and ladies with like porcelain faces and they would put them in the window and they'd be like look at me Look at the little lady, wouldn't you want to look like her but bigger?
2: You know, so that was, <laughs> that, that really rubbed off much. on you considering wow. you know you want doll-sized proportions on your, you know.
1: Yeah, it clearly I guess so. Oh,
2: yeah, do More
0: doll than human <laughs> at this point. Crossing over. Yeah, no, that's so cool though. Um, and yeah, I mean I get, I guess we're getting close to our end here. I don't want to take up too much of your time. it Sounds like you have tons of uh hungry, hungry hippos out there trying to get their beautiful clothing. And uh, that's amazing. Is yeah, that a- I didn't.
2: I didn't expect to. I thought I was gonna have like kind of chill day. I was actually gonna re- like re like draw some patterns out because mine are just beat to like beat. And I was yeah. like, woke up this morning and I'm like, dang, I gotta, I gotta ship out 14 things. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> right? Oh wow. my god,
0: gotta ship out my whole closet. But I'm truly inspired by the amount of, um, you know, drive you have because a lot of times I find myself making things. I, I don't know if it's if it's just not drafting is not for me or what. But sometimes I feel like uh, low energy when I go to do something. I'm like, I guess because I'm, I'm very new at it. So to me, it's a very labored process that I have to think over 20 times for every step. So at the end of it, I'm like, I make a pattern, but I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. But you, you have like such a zeal for it that you have even while making it that you it seems like you work s- very late into the night, which is something that like a lot of writers and, and great poets, who are, whoever we hear about in our history books, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, he stayed up all night to write it. You know, that's always like a it's amazing that you have that. I, I envy that in a lot of ways where like, I guess I have a short attention span. So I want to like, stop doing things after a while. And also my back hurts on the floor. How do you do that? <laughs> you usually on the floor, you said?
2: Um, I, I used to, I'm, I've moved up, I still cut, oh, good. you know, on the floor sometimes just so you can see everything. Yeah. But I, I've like graduated to my big cutting table, you know, much, as much as I didn't want to, but if I have something big and I got a placement cut, I'm still cutting on the floor. Oh, it's I on the floor. floor. You're getting on the floor. Oh, it's on the floor, yeah. Like last week, I had to like placement cut all this stuff and like the next day I had to go on like a big run. And um, I was like, why am I, why am I so sore right now? Like, yeah, why is everything hurt so much? I'm like, oh, because I was like on my hands and knees in strange positions, like cutting, doing like strange like yoga poses, trying to cut yeah. certain things, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, some patterns can be absolutely massive. Like, some patterns yeah. can take up an entire room. I remember I went to um, an exhibition oh. of, uh, 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 maybe like a year or so ago um, by an artist called Kei Kagami, and he normally does, like, these really wild, intricate shoe designs, but he did a collaboration with M.A. Cross. Um,
0: oh, Maurizio Amadei,
1: I want to say. I, th- I think it's Amadei, yeah, not Altieri. Good. I think it's Amadei. Um, and they did an entire bodysuit as in like articulated toes and fingers and everything and eye wow. slits and mouse slits and stuff from one piece. And they yeah. had they had it fully they had it fully constructed and then they also had the pattern and the pattern was I wanna say bigger than my bedroom that I'm in right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean you can get up to like stuff like that. I remember I made a I made a boiler suit one time and like I didn't think that it would end up this way, but what was it? My pattern pieces count was like 32 pieces. Yeah. Wow. And we're not wow. even counting like pocket bags and stuff. And that was a floor situation, you know. That was a floor
0: situation. <laughs> Sounds like a very, very floor
2: situation to me. And then you're cutting out 32 <laughs> pieces, you know, of like us like wow. Like it's it's we a love lot. that. <laughs> But you got to put it on the floor division. Visual- Artists do different have different methods of doing art, right?
0: <laughs> most involve the floor though, I have to say.
2: We, we don't most share do all
0: the involve things. the floor. <laughs> no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I wish um do you have any tips or, before we leave or anything? Do you have anything you you want to shout out, or any tips you want to recommend for people who maybe maybe sort of me or a friend like me who's uh has a hard time sitting down and like making these things or maybe as what do you say, not necessarily like writer's block, but more like, it, let's say ADHD. Yeah. Oh, let's I'm very,
2: I'm very much that way. I'm medicated since the age of okay. um, seven and I'm no longer. Um, so I totally get it. And, um, I think that I find that like, it's hard to complete something, right? Cause like you, the, seeing the end product, yeah. and I figured out a successful way to see the end product quickly. So I get really excited, not so much about the process, but being able, I'm like, okay, can it be just like be 6 p.m. Cause I want to see what this, I'm so excited about this. I can't, that's exactly what I'm saying. What it yeah. looks like at the end. So that, and you know, the more you do it, the faster you get. And like the more, the sooner you get to see that finished product, you know, but I have to say, which was super interesting and fun. And I don't think a lot of people do it as much as they should because everyone's like trying to copy off of everyone else. Like in school, I never like did the trend reports. I always like Ooh, yeah. failed to turn those yeah. in. Like I just wasn't uh-huh. really concerned what like what was going on currently. Um, and this, you know, sourcing trip I went on and I'm in this gigantic warehouse in the middle of South Mississippi. And like I'm looking at all these details from like the 50s, the 60s. And it's just like the details that make that you don't see on like just a basic shirt silhouette anymore. And I'm taking all these photos. Um, that's just how things were made back then. And like, it could be forgotten in a way. I don't know. You know, you don't see it as much now, like, but like vintage clothes, like there's a reason why they're still here. Some of them. And like, I don't know, take things apart. Like, yeah. you know, like, look, look at the past in a way, because that's why, you know, it's just like, we just forget about it. You know, like I'm seeing like bees and pockets on the chest of like dress shirts. I'm like, well, that's really, really cool. Because people were, I just feel yeah. like more innovative, trying to like change things up back then, in order to be where we are now. So I was just having a field day. Like, look at old stuff. Like it's fun. It's I think that it sparks like new possibilities, and then like you know, go. You want to make something? I don't know any students out there. Go to Goodwill, get something you think is cool, take it apart, and like put it back together, so you can understand like what. Yeah, even if are. it's not done
0: correctly, at least you're not. You, you're like, oh, okay, now I know why that didn't work, and and there's so. Yeah. yeah. So, and
2: my gr- girlfriend that I was with, she just kept going through the warehouse. She was, like, having a day. Like, she was cloud 9,000. But she's, like, she kept saying, like, they just don't make them like they used to, you know? They just don't make them like they used to. And I think um, I'd be,
0: like, frothing at the mouth and they'd have to take me out of there. They'd be, like, calm down. I'd be, like, oh,
2: my God, it's everything i wanted. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's right here. And it's oh. true. They don't make them like they used to, you know? So, it's, like, that's kind of a fun source of inf- inspiration, like, if you have that kind of opportunity. It's, like, look at details. Because I feel like we don't have that kind of attention to details Really, or we do, and if if we do, it's maybe out of it's not incentivized. License, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. If ADHD, like, take a step, do something else, and then I don't know. You'll find what gets you. Yeah, to- switch it up. Creativity going. You know, take a lot of, of course. courses. Write down your notes. <laughs> uh, that's about it.
0: Write down, write down, write down everything you pop. Yeah, write down your notes. That's actually amazing because that's exactly
2: what I do all the time to keep my myself, myself organized. Um, I have dreams and I wake up in the middle of the night and I have always have either like my iPad or like a notebook next to me and I'll if I like have this thing and I'm like I need to I'm dreaming about this certain thing. I'll just draw it and I'll wake up in the morning. and I'm like, okay, let's make that happen. <laughs>
0: You know. Oh, I'm surprised you can read it. Me, my my drawings are like the most uh. There, so I put I go in the the pencil app and then I put it on symmetry mode and then I just like sketch out something with like the very fat part of my finger and I'm like, all right, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it in a vault. We can lock that baby up. <laughs> and I put my iPhone on the charger and I say sleepy time. But yeah, now that's exactly it I have to decipher it the next day like hieroglyphics. I'm like what did what did she mean by this? What could <laughs> this have possibly meant? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh I, exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter how how you get there as long as you get there. So get there, I guess. I don't know. Exactly. If you want to. Either way, we really appreciate your time and uh, I'm so sorry Alfie had like 3 minutes of screen time, but that's okay. It's okay. He's he's actually this it worked out perfect I think for that for what's going on. Um, in general
2: so
0: <laughs> no oh my god no you're sweet people are sick of hearing us it's been four episodes and they're like where is she at where is the other person even telling us <laughs> uh, but um but yeah it was really great to have you especially because it's like at any time I have a chance to talk to you is always great hearing your insights because I, you know I'm a student Alfie's a student albeit maybe not in uh fashion but he's still is a student of fashion and he's still in cool. school for the thing he wants to do so that he can buy all the fashion yeah, yeah so, you I know. love that
2: that's
0: also important, you know? Right. You want to support it with your vote with your dollar or whatever. But um, <laughs> this has been the Loose Threads podcast um, with your double co-host team, Alfie and Julie, and a special guest, KPC. Um, check her out at, KP- at KPC
2: underscore how many? There's like four of them. KPC, period, and then five underscores. Five underscores. There we go. Okay. <laughs> but
0: yeah, check. please check her out for the love of God. You've been hearing her talk about all these amazing things. You have to see it happen. Thanks for your time and uh, I hope you guys have a very fashionable day.